I told you that I want to go to that festival in Sweden. No, you said it would be cool to go. Yeah, and then I got the opportunity and I decided Look, to I do it. I don't mind you going. I just wish you would have told me. That's all. Dude, she needs a therapist. You've been wanting out of this stupid relationship for like a year now. That's not her again. Seriously? Babe, what's happening? Danny. Christian says you've got this special week planned. It's sort of a crazy festival. Special ceremonies and dressing up. That sounds fun. Unbelievable. Welcome and happy midsummer. Skull! What's happening? I don't know why you invited us. That's why you look so guilty right now, because you know. We only do this every 90 years. I was most excited for you to come. Hello and welcome back to Fan Critical, where once again we are having a break from our scheduled podcasting to bring you a commissioned podcast. Mm. Yes, and you have the, the the duo of Gareth and Len here. Len the, being me, Gareth being the one about to say hello. The deadly duo. Deadly duo. That's what they call us. Mm. Well, that's what we call us. Mm. Uh, but others can call us that if they want. Yeah, so... Um, set the scene we've both got our mushroom infused tea um because we are going to lose our minds talking about this film the film uh chosen by one of our lovely patreons one of our lovely lovely patreons someone who uh supports us every month and has the ability to commission a podcast every month Mm. chris meyer thank you chris thank you chris what a choice as well Uh, Well this when this was made as a choice i was ecstatic because we missed the opportunity to talk about Midsommar, uh, Ari Aster's second horror film, yeah. um, which came out in 2019. Uh, we had several discussions where it was our intention to actually do a podcast on this film. Unfortunately, due to staggered release times, like Gareth being in Australia at the time I was in the UK, um, the film actually came out like three months apart from each other, I think, in those territories. It was so frustrating. It was very frustrating. So frustrating not to yeah. be able to see it for so long. Yeah. But yes. So we couldn't actually ever really feel like we could release a podcast that was relevant because we, we couldn't talk about it at the same time. So this is a perfect excuse to do it. And uh, thank you very much, Chris. And just to say, if you are listening to these commission podcasts and you would love to hear us talk about something um, that we usually wouldn't talk about, then you can go to patreon.com forward slash fan critical. Uh, and on there, you'll see several tiers. Uh, and one of which is uh, if you if you kindly give us some money every single month, um, precious monies that we, you know, we use and put towards equipment and um, Your hosting haircuts. costs. And I need a haircut. Um, then basically you can commission a podcast once a month and it's a great it's a great thing for us because it it basically takes the decision making out of our hands which is quite nice (laughs) because sometimes like now to be honest with you during covid and the pandemic we have obviously come up with some new formats that are are being received very well so thank you guys for liking those but when the the industry has taken such a hit that films aren't being released anymore it's very difficult uh, to cover 
anything basically so you guys coming to us with suggestions is great uh, so that's patreon.com forward slash fan critical uh, if you check it out any support would be greatly appreciated um, as i said all the funds go towards the podcast uh, and producing more content for you guys so gareth midsummer um, we're going to blueberry it first um, which is our rating system zero to five can mm-hmm. be no halves very harsh but fair scale yeah this film follows on from ari Aster's first horror hit which was hereditary came out in 2017 i believe um 2018 i watched it with you yeah it's um this guy has an ability to take the genre the horror genre and he's taken it to a place that i haven't personally been to before with the genre i'm a massive horror fan Mm. i love horror films what was your opinion on on midsummer and could you please uh blueberry it Blue bit, blue Blueby. Um. Well, yeah. Ariasta, Ariasta's movies are sort of. I think yeah, they're they're almost changing the horror genre, um, and making it really really difficult for me to pick other horror movies to watch mm. because n- nothing is quite capturing my imagination like his movies. Are. No. Um. I loved Hereditary, but you know we won't talk about that today. Um. And. So I was hotly anticipating this one. Mm -hmm. Uh, As I said, so frustrating for it to not come out. I remember you came out for a visit. This was before you moved here. You came out for a visit and you said, oh yeah, midsummer. Let's go see this. Let's go see it. And I was like, dude, it's not out. It's not here yet. It's Mm. coming out in three months. Frustrating. Um, Very frustrating. So the anticipation rose even further. And you know, sometimes when you, you watch a movie after you have anticipated it for such a long time, Mm. It's only ever going to disappoint. Yeah. Right. This this didn't though. This was uh, this was everything I hoped it would be. I ended up watching it alone in a dark room. Always the best way. Me yeah. too. I watched it first time alone in a dark room. Mm-hmm. Creepy. Terrifying. Um, and some of the, I mean, it's just one of those movies where the atmosphere is just perfect. It. Uh, if you like that kind of thing yes i can say that this film is not for everyone no and i will say there will be spoilers for midsummer from now on so if you haven't seen it and you're interested by the things we're saying right now go watch it and come back and listen to this um yep continue i love i love films that have like pagan rituals in them Mm. um you know i'm thinking culty yeah culty culty ness is terrifying terrifying. if it's done properly and not tropey it's very good yeah yeah um yeah i'm thinking original wicker man for example blair witch first blair witch film blair witch project oh my god unreal uh i I love them i love those symbols and those yeah which Um, is a very niche genre but uh ariaster's taken like the wicker man style and you know reinvented it Mm. uh true detective season one hundred percent very much gothic folky horror. horror yep um so, or Southern Gothic, true detective. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, look, the the atmosphere of this is is perfect for that. Um, you're right, not for everybody, but for me and what I wanted this film to be. Um, it's it's quite a beautiful film as well. Um, yeah, cinematography, like in its costume design. Yeah, costume design, the architecture. Mm. Um, I, I love that. Um, it's weird and mind bending in uh, in places and. It is also just as a as a piece of film. It's another kind of genre bending film as well. Like it's not pure horror. This is a 
it's a it's a strange movie to try and classify. You, you would say that there's not anything that's going to make you. There's no jump scares in this film. This film, this film preys upon very few. There are one or two. Yeah, little ones, preys upon an happened. under a lack of understanding in the yes. human brain or something that you haven't seen before that jars you so much and scares you within. That yeah. is what it does, it, and it lingers for long periods of time. It's a long film, two and a half hours or so, and and it, it lets you discover these weird, very weird and disgusting things at times. Mm. With the character, the main character played by Florence Pugh, um, Danny, who is fantastic in this film, unbelievable. She is unbelievable. She is film. unbelievable. Um, um, but it's one of those, it's one of those descent into madness type movies as well. And she, she's she does it so well because she goes from just this, um, you know, obviously heartbroken character for reasons that I'm sure we'll touch upon in a moment, but. Mm. Um, and and just the way that she sort of is slowly being enveloped into this world, into this world and into yep. this culture, uh, it's incredible. Um, long story short, blue it's bit. a five blueberry film. Okay, good, one hundred percent. I was like, when are we going to blue this? This is this is my film of last year. Yeah, I would say this is in my top three films of last year. Um, what else is in there? Joker. Really oh, yeah. enjoyed Joker. Fair. Um, Fair. I, I enjoyed nineteen seventeen. Yeah. A lot, also um, fair, uh, and uh, Parasite, obviously. Um, oh God, yeah. So it's been a great year. I mean, those are my films. But Midsummer for me is a five blueberry film. I'll, I'll get to the point straight away. Um, I think I've chimed in with a few thoughts with when when what you were saying, Gareth. But essentially, if you were to describe this film the way Ari Aster describes this film, it's a breakup movie. Mm. Now, yeah. if you were to say that and then you know see some of the things in this film, you'd be like, what is he talking about? <laughs> but he deals with these um, themes of family and hereditary and uh, like breakups and relationships here in this film. Mm. And uh, family. And family. Well. And he centres it around and he puts it in this bizarre place that you've mm. never seen it before and deals with it in such an interesting capacity the main character danny like oh my god i can't speak enough for how brilliantly she's portrayed by florence Pugh, but also just her journey in this film and how sympathetic you feel towards her mm. um even though this horrific stuff is going on around around her um that the mood that is created is the key here. And, and and some people do not like this sort of film. There are moments in this film where I guarantee you, um, I would say 50% of people watching it would be like, that's too much. Or because yeah. there are a couple of moments in this film, we'll talk about them very specifically, where, you know, even I, someone who watches a lot of horror movies and sees a lot of gore and stuff like that was really disturbed, yeah. I have to say, watching it. And look, I think it's a great scene and whatever, but it, it, it's disturbing. Um, but the mood created and and the sense of dread that is there, you know it's going to be bad. How are they going to do it? And the visual nature of it is something that I've never seen before. I've been to a Midsommar festival, right? I, you know, where it's day constantly. Mm. Um, and it's bizarre. If you're not used to that sort of... Um, not seeing nighttime, <laughs> you're not used to that. It's bizarre. Like you literally just lose all sense of perspective, and yeah. perspective is what this film makes shifts completely. And visually, when you have no nighttime and you're just seeing all these great things take place in this beautiful Swedish fields and mountain ranges with mm. flowers and beautiful colours and lovely costumes, it's it's bizarre. Well, it's it's very disorienting. The the 
the the lack of nighttime. Like yeah. that that is people talk about that all the time when they go on sort of Arctic expeditions yeah. and stuff. Well, when, there's the nights that go on forever, and there's the days that go on forever. Correct, uh, but you know, if if you if you're there in the summer and it's it's just that daytime, it's almost like um, it that almost represents the the cult themselves. Mm. You know, it's like this sort of seemingly pleasant thing. Like people would be like, "Oh, brilliant! Yeah, constant sunshine." Not me. I actually like the rain, as you know. Yeah. But uh, lots of people would love the sound of that, and that sort of I think represents the 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 villagers themselves, who are all like on the surface they're these lovely, friendly, mm-hmm. beautiful people. Um, when in reality we know there's a dark side. To them. Well, there's either a dark side or it's just the actual religion and what they believe in. So it's one of those things. Where yeah, you but question... I think from our perspective we can say. It's, oh yeah, from it's our perspective. Kind of dark. So let's get into the plot and obviously spoilers here. So we start off with Danny who, and, and the, the opening of this film, and Ari Aster does something very similar in Hereditary in the first 20 minutes or so. But the opening of this film is to the just disturbing as anything. She yeah. is, we pick up with Danny. She's, a, you know, a psychology student. Uh, she clearly is suffering from um, a degree of mental illness in terms of depression. Mm. Um, we see clearly that she's taking some some pills and she's 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 in a frenzy because she's been trying to get hold of her sister and her sister definitely suffers from some form of depression yeah. um, or anxiety disorder. And there's been instances before where her sister has threatened to end her life or something like that. But the last message that Danny received from her sister is is very final. Uh, and she can't get any response from her on social media, on the phone. She can't even get hold of her parents where her sister lives. Mm. And you see her frenzied here. Well, I think, doesn't her sister's message say, mum and dad are coming with mum me? Mum and dad are coming with me. and That's terrifying. Terrifying. And the way the scene builds with the acting from Florence Pugh, the calls to her mates, mm. and then the call to her boyfriend Christian um, is excellent. And basically we see straight away that Christian's not really into this relationship anymore. He finds Danny um, too much work, it, it would seem, just from this one conversation we glean this. Yeah. And he says, look, don't worry, she always does this to you. It's not fair for her to do this to you. And then we see through a slow build-up that what has actually happened is her sister has, and this is, I mean, cinematically very creepy, but masterfully done by Ariasta. She has um, turned the car on, put a pipe out of the hose of the exhaust of the car, gassed her parents, and duct taped the doors so mm. they die in their sleep. Um, whilst duct taping a tube with the gas to her mouth, yeah. And we see this image of her next to the computer with the message written to Danny as the camera slowly pushes in on her, and there's vomit all over her, and her eyes are purple, and it is viscerally disgusting. Um, and traumatic and the noises that come out of Florence Pugh's mouth are animalistic and just so raw that I it's just it's unbelievable yeah I mean that image is horrific and sticks with you for a while um but it's uh it's a it's a tough open and like you say great example of Florence Pugh's acting um I, just quickly on her acting, I, I even think on the poster for the film, yeah. it's like, it's almost like a brilliant acting performance in that still, that image of her sort of crying and just looking so terrified. Um, 
is is, yeah. is unreal. Her face, her upset, sad face is very. I don't know how to describe this. Just she's so emotive. Yeah. She's so expressive. Yeah. Um, and there is a scene in Hereditary with Tony Collette where I find there is an exact mirroring of this scene. Something about Ariaster and strong, vulnerable female characters and extreme loss. He's very good at getting amazing performances out of them. Mm. Um, so we already start off with this fact that she's lost her whole family. Um, she, suffers from, she suffers from depression. She's lost her whole family. The only semblance of anything she has left is her relationship with her boyfriend, Christian. Who isn't into her. Who isn't into her, but, but she... You get the impression throughout this film, like she wants so badly for this relationship to work mm-hmm. um, that she is in denial in a way about the way it's going. Yeah. Her friends are telling her this guy's an asshole. Um, but anyway, he's going um, to Sweden well, with. He was also going to going to split up with her. He was going to split up with her until this event happened. Until this happened, and but then he, he's like, "Oh yeah. God, I can't break up with her now." He's going to go to Sweden with his anthropology, his anthropology, I think, classmates, yeah. um, because one of them is Swedish. His name's Pella, and he's yeah. offered to take them to a midsummer festival. Um, and he nonchalantly says, "Oh, yeah, I told you I was going to Sweden." And she's like, "No, no, you didn't. You never mentioned that you were going mm. to Sweden." He's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. I told you weeks ago I was going to Sweden." And then, then because she's so vulnerable at the moment, this is just reinforcing how much of an asshole this guy is. He's gaslighting her completely. She's like, oh, I'm, I'm really sorry. I, I must have been so caught up in everything that I didn't realise you were going to Sweden. It's like, oh, it's okay, babe. It's okay, babe. Um, you, can, you, can, you know, you can come come with me if you want to, but you, it's probably not your thing, but you can come with me if you want to. Um, and she does actually decide to go with them, which, yeah. you know, at this point, you just like, just break up with this guy, just get this over with. This is, this is so, this is so shit for everybody involved. Like, nobody wants this situation. No. Like, you've got, Christian doesn't, doesn't. Christian doesn't want to be, be there. there. Doesn't be, doesn't want her there. He yeah. wants to have a lad's holiday to Sweden or whatever. His mates are like, are you kidding? You're going to yeah. bring her along? This was supposed to be like a boy's trip mm. to, to Sweden. Well, Pella's excited about it. Pella's, Pella's the only one who's like... Because mm. mm. he has motivation. But even for her, like, this isn't a good idea. Mm. He, he doesn't... He, he doesn't like her. His friends don't like her. Yeah, which he, is weird. I find her, his friends' attitudes toward her very weird in this film. Mm. And I don't like it. I think it's one of the missteps that the director actually makes. I think he should have made some of them a bit more sympathetic towards her. They're very cold towards her in a way that if she's just lost her whole family like she's not hard work Florence Pugh's character Danny she's she's vulnerable like she's just a bit not needy but she's obviously needing something she's just lost her whole family she, she is she is entirely reliant on Christian at the moment at the in time moment. yeah um but yeah I mean they are absolute dicks um but I think I think you uh, Will Poulter's character um Mark, mm. he's my least favorite character in the film. He, he's, he's the stereotypical slime ball student who just wants to go to Sweden, and fuck yeah. everyone, and which is terrible. One, he's the one who sort of actively encourages um, Christian to break up with her. Yeah, come because he's a lad. Time. He's a lad, exactly. Just absolutely lad. I've and met Will, Paul, Will Poulter. So did you? Yeah, lovely. We guy. met him at a little food store. He was a lovely guy. He's, he's a lovely guy. He's not like yeah. Mark at all. That's no. why he's a good actor. Yeah, <laughs> very good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Weird, that, wasn't it? Yeah, that is weird. <laughs> hey, you're the actor out of Son of Rambo. <laughs> yeah, I'm Will, I'm Will. Oh, nice to meet you, mate. We love Son of Rambo. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, look, it's it's one of those situations where she is reliant on him, even though he is the worst possible person for her because mm-hmm. he hasn't got the balls to say we're done. Mm. Um, and they end up going to Sweden. Uh, yeah. She goes along. So you've got the four classmates, one of them Swedish, who's taken them to his community, Pella, Christian, um, Will Portal's character, uh, Mark, I believe that is, and Josh, I think that is the guy who's actually going to like study, <laughs> yeah. actually do some studying. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they set off on this journey and they get there to this open expanse of greenery and lusciousness and people in you know bright sunlight, white costumes, um, and they automatically see this idea of um nature and the drinking of nature i'll say i don't think this film's supernatural at all but i think what it does is it uses nature and in the way that is actually realistic like hallucinogens like yeah, mushrooms and stuff like that trip. to to it's a trip it's a way to merge with nature and see things in a different perspective which is what we're talking about with this constant daylight yeah. and the drugs they have some mushroom tea and the journey around this herga which is the community the herga um begins and it's a festival that they do every 90 years or something apparently mm. um so they're very privileged and honored uh, to be there and it's just automatically unsettling because you've got these weird sort of swedish folk a cappella songs from the community that's going on. This <laughs> yeah. weird drony music going on, constant daylight, mm. and just unease has been put upon you because of the way we're seeing the world is also through this sort of psychedelic viewpoint because of the drugs used in this film. You've also got, on top of that, you've got all these um, like murals. Uh, tapestries. All the tapestries and all the, these like artworks that... Mm actually sort of basically depict everything that's going to happen in yeah. the film. Um, but they, they signpost everything, but they're not obvious. Yeah, There's a one that's obvious, mm. and the rest of them are, even in the barn that they stay in, are all over the walls and everything. And, and they basically... I was reading an interesting article about this film, and it's like, this film does such an amazing job of world building with doing no world building whatsoever. Like... This herga, this community is obviously, like Gareth said, quite paganistic in its rituals and stuff like that. And we're going to talk about some of them in a minute. But um, the way that it doesn't actually tell you, oh, what are their gods? Yeah. What do these runic symbols mean? They never say any of that. Mm-hmm. They just like, this is the community. They're all fully into what they're doing. They're not really telling these foreigners that they've allowed to come into their community what's going on. No. They're just going to do it. And they are privy to it. I mean, obviously they know that they are going to die, essentially. Mm. They're going to kill them. So whatever is going to happen is going to happen. So they don't care it will, they don't they care find out. what they find out or anything. It's that idea that they're, they're trapped. Mm. They don't know they're trapped, but they're trapped, you know. Rats in a maze, essentially. Mm. Um, so the community have this festival every 90 years and over several days, several things happen. Um, and... As I said, they're consuming lots of mushroom tea. They're eating the food they provide them. So God knows what's in that. Uh, and you get this idea, like Gareth said, from the tapestries. There's, sev- there's several different motivations. Yeah, McDonald's. There's several different motivations going on. Imagine that. That'd be good, though. Um, <laughs> All right, we've got pizzas in. Yeah, oh, I couldn't be bothered to cook the uh, pew pie tonight. So mm. we've got the pizzas coming in. And what I mean by that is uh, there's one of the tapestries that Gareth was talking about is very explicit at the start. 
which is essentially the seduction of a man by a woman in this community, mm. which is to, <laughs> this sounds bizarre, but uh, the, basically the woman will make a pie with her pubic hair in there to seduce a man. She will also <laughs> provide him with a drink with some of her menstrual yeah. blood as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this is something that they do that they believe in their community will um increase the chance of attraction and also um, pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And the way this community grows is essentially interbreeding with themselves very selectively and with new blood that they bring in from the outside world. Mm -hmm. Obviously, this gets spread throughout the film. You, you find this out. Um, once again, though, still not much world building. You sort of have to pick the pieces together here on your own. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's not explicit. They never have a conversation going, oh, yes, the new blood has arrived. Put the pubic hair pie they in the oven. Never said never said just in fact most of the time there's no dialogue in this film and that's mm. that's what makes it so powerful but this this ritual these ritual days have begun everyone thinks they're going to have a great time you've got the british couple there as well who've been brought in by another swede so it's like this idea that they bring these people in yeah you know it's their job to go out into the world and bring these people in the first day of the festival um they actually witness probably the most uh, harrowing scene in the film, uh, a ritual called the Atastupa, which I've done some research. Apparently that isn't actually a ritual in like any Swedish thing. It, but in folklore, there is something in Swedish history that says uh, what happens in this, in this ritual have, has happened. Have you, ever what, have you ever read any Swedish folklore? Well, some of it is terrifying. It's terrifying. It is absolutely yeah. terrifying. Some of it can be like, very scary. You know, they've got a lot of sort of dark, cold forests. Oh, yeah. And scary things happen in them. Scary, but, scary things. But I can I can honestly, I can recommend it. Read some stuff. They have like these terrifying well, Don't read it before monsters. bed or anything. Or like, read it if if you want read to it in daylight like mid like it is the midsummer festival uh, see i don't recommend that either mm. that's probably sunset sunset yeah no sunrise twilight i don't know when the best time to do it is but it's, read it's it scary anything um so this 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 ritual that stupa is essentially the suicide by the elderly members of the community they believe that once uh uh you reach a certain age i think it's like 70 i think it's 72 72 very specific mm. um that what should happen is um you throw yourself off a cliff and you kill yourself uh, and the idea in the folklore behind this was that they relieve the burden mm. of themselves on their family because yeah. they find themselves to be a burden past that age surely i mean 72 is not that old no but in the old times that was old yeah i know life well, expectancy's update, gone up update you they're policies, living in the past honestly. man just have a quick look. And they go, ain't got right, Wi-Fi. Yeah. Shall we knock that up? Let's so, make it eight So the, everyone, all of the community gathers at this, um, the foot of a cliff. And as do our characters and Danny, who we are essentially watching the film, watching these events through her eyes. Yeah. Um, well, the, the thing here as well is as this scene's happening, like you, your prediction is, like you're watching this, you're watching these two old, this, this old couple have been sort of treated as king and queen through the day. Yeah. You're watching them kind of go up the top of this cliff and you're like, sure, like they're going to just jump off and kill themselves, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. Like that's they your do. prediction. And then they do do it. And then they just fucking do it. Yeah. Like it, it's... Yeah. They do do it. But the, the thing that's so shocking about this is you feel like you are dirty watching this. Mm -hmm. Like you feel like you are 
seeing something that you should not be seeing. This community hails this ceremony as something sacred. And this is one of the most important religious things that they do is this community. You get the sense of that. It's an honor for these people to kill themselves. Um, But what we see is we see the woman jump off first and very viscerally smash her face. She lands face first into a rock and you see everything. So when I talk about disturbing scenes, this moment for me sent the worst shivers down my spine I've had for watching film ever. It is horrible. Mm. I can take that. I mean, some people can't, you know, I actually enjoy films that make me feel something I haven't felt before. Yeah. This film did that for me. And Florence Pugh's reaction is just, just horrendous as well. She visualizes her, her parents dead and her sister dead at this point of a quick flash um, because the trauma and grief this woman has gone through and then to be brought here and see this. I mean, that seeing that would obviously induce trauma anyway, like just piling more mm. trauma on top of trauma. Mm. Um, it is it's so visceral it's horrendous i've not seen anything i've not seen anything that's made me feel this ill or realistic you know i imagine this is what it would look like which is horrendous then the old man also jumps off but he mistimes his jump and he's still alive he does not stick the landing gareth um so to kill him they walk over with a large mallet for that though because he he lands it's a it's a big jump. He lands like perpendicular or something. Yeah, so he breaks his leg. Yeah, horrendously, horrendously, and and visually again, and he's in a lot of pain. And you know, as much as he was being pretty stoic about the whole thing and um, accepting that this is what has to happen, he's in a lot of pain here, and that pain is it comes out in his screams of, oh yes of pain which then the, the whole, whole community, community start doing start. they start screaming It's actually shared throughout the film of that idea of they share the anguish and the pain yes. of each other. Yeah. And there's a couple of moments which we'll talk about later, which actually the same thing happens. And it's very cathartic for them to make this noise mm. and feel the pain that the person is feeling. Yeah. Uh, but it's not felt for too long because they walk <laughs> over with honestly the world's largest mallet and just smack him in the head. And once again, you see this like, yeah. And you hear the noise and the thud that it makes still sends shivers down my spine right now as I talk about it. And this is the moment when I was watching this film and, you know, some of the tourists there, the British guys go mental. Like, what the fuck are you doing? What the fuck are you doing? Mm-hmm. Florence Pugh is just like crying. Yeah. Um, Christian and Josh are like so excited about what they've seen. Uh, so cultural, as they call it, not really understanding what's going on. It's such a a mind fuck this scene that for the rest of the film I was just really quite ill, um, mm-hmm. and I think that's what the film wants you to feel. It wants you to feel this unease because I said once again, there's not really many jump scares, yeah. But the things in there are so scary. Yeah, well, and then like you say, you, you you're watching it through um, Florence Pugh's eyes, and we that's the moment that everything is sort of turned on its head and Mm. this whole sort of like, oh, this is a bit weird, this is a bit creepy, turns into this is totally fucked up. Yeah, something they're not used to. Yeah, and and that there's just disorientation from that point onwards, I reckon. 
Um, so the, essentially, at this point, you know it's not going to end well for anyone. The British couple essentially uh, get separated and you hear this scream in the distance and you're like, what was that? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, they're dead. You know, you just know they're getting picked off one by one at this point. Um, it happens throughout the film. The idea is seduction, the, you know, Will Poulter's character. Uh, Mark is, as we said, the sleazeball. He gets lured off and then disappears mm. for a long section of the film till we re-see him in a minute. Uh, Josh is obsessed with the the sort of book and the scripture of this community because he's trying to write a, a thesis on this yeah. Herger. And he breaks the rules by trying to take pictures of the scripture. And, I feel a uh, little bit sorry for him. Like, he's generally he's, there trying to learn. He's trying to do some But he is breaking work. the rules. He's not allowed yeah. to take pictures of the scripture, Gareth. Stop doing that, yeah. He goes to take pictures of the scripture, and then you think Will Porter's behind him, Mark's character. Turns out it's a guy wearing his skin that kills him. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, skin wearing happens <laughs> in this film. He is, yeah. you know, once again, very unsettling. Um, and eventually you get left in this situation where the only two people who we sympathise with in the Pella is obviously brought them here for very bad reasons. Mm. <laughs> so we don't like him. The only two people we sympathise with are uh, Danny and Christian. And they're the only two characters that are sort of left okay. um, for actually quite a large portion of this film that, you know, I'd say 45, 50 minutes. They're yeah. the only two guys. They yeah. don't really know where the others are. They're a bit bemused, drugged up. Um, and there is a couple of other things that happen during this festival. So, there is the Maypole dancing competition. Uh, every festival, they have a May Queen. And the May Queen is the person who can dance around this pole the longest whilst off their face on mushroom tea once again. Or dandelion tea. I'm not sure which one it is. I reckon if I was to take part in this, I'd fancy my chances. I've got good stamina. <laughs> well, mate, I mean, I'll insert the audio of that dance now, but it's, it, <laughs> it goes, on for, goes on for a long time. Basically, Danny at this point is um, emotionally all over the place because Christian is being very distant from her on this trip, seduced by a community member of the Herger via some potentially supernatural means, we don't want to say. Um, Also, he forgot her birthday. Yeah. I mean, this guy is a prick. Oh my God. He forgot her birthday. He thinks that they've only been together three and a half years oh. when it's over four years. He He's very neglectful of her and he always turns situations around to make her feel like she is in the wrong. I have to say, this film kind of... I found it enlightening from yeah. that perspective. Yeah. Like, I was like... What the fuck? How is he? How is he manipulating these situations? And then yeah. I just to- I totally understand the people that say that they've got a manipulative partner. Yeah, because like, yeah, or that they had one. I, I get it so much now. Like, and that, that's the thing. It's it's the film is her discovering. Yeah, her releasing this from herself. Like she is clinging on to this relationship and Christian, when really. You know, this film was about a cathartic release of that relationship uh, in the most extreme way possible. Um, but anyway, she does the Maypole dancing competition and essentially wins. Yeah, she knows it. And this is the first time, I think, in the character that we see Danny, that we see her happy. Which sounds weird because mm. if you think about it this way, she's lost her family. Uh, she's in this abusive or emotionally abusive relationship 
And this is a moment where she feels part of something. Like it, I think during this sequence, she even speaks Swedish, which she doesn't know any of, to one of the characters. They're like, oh my mm -hmm. God, we're speaking Swedish. How do I know Swedish? <laughs> because she suddenly feels like she's part of something. She's yeah. part of a community. And this is a, maybe a moment of realisation that she could be part of this community. It's an interesting moment anyway. And I, I, it's, it's, it, she even sees her mum in the crowd at one point. She's like, mum, dad, you're here. Like she feels mm. like they're here with her or sort of thing. It's interesting. Um, she wins. She's the May Queen and she gets given this, what what is very iconic image now, I think, in this film is her in this massive sort of flowery hat and dress thing. Yeah. It is mental. I mean, visually it is stunning to yeah. look at and cinematography wise, wow, what an image. Yeah, it's a great image. Um, she wins the May, May Queen, Gareth. Yeah, no, well done to her. Um, Good dancing. She, yeah, I, I don't know if she had previous Maypole experience, but I'm guessing that she hasn't. We have no, no knowledge, and, but I doubt it. I doubt it. And she's, taking out people who no doubt have had years Practicing of practice. for years. They literally dream about being the May Queen. She <laughs> rocks up, day one. They The the locals have got to be absolutely devastated. Fuming, if anything. They've lost this. Um, what have they been doing all this time? Mental. Unbelievable. They haven't got like Wi-Fi or anything. <laughs> years of wasted Maypole practice. Building barns and stuff. That's what they've been doing. Painting um, in yellow. Wearing people's skin. Um, lovely stuff. Just Jumping off of cliffs. Things to do on a rainy day. Yeah. Um, so she's the May Queen and she gets led on this ceremonious pomp and she goes around and everyone loves her. And, oh, yeah, Danny, you're she the best. She eat some fish best. or something. Eat some fish. You mm. know, everything's a bit psychedelic. The world around her is literally breathing in and out, breathing in and mm. out, like contracting and expanding. Um, that sense of the world around her being alive, her reconnecting with nature, reconnecting with something. Um Christian is also drugged out of his mind because he's been given more drugged menstrual tea. And um, when Danny is left le led off on this ceremonious duties that she must must do, Christian is led to a sex barn yep. um, by um, the community. And he is essentially sexually abused, I think, forced to have sex with... Not forced, like he's not held down and said, oh, have sex. He is like... Coerced, coerced through drugs and the supernatural potential elements to have sex with um, yeah. the redhead who has been courting him this whole time. It's a hard one, isn't it? Like <laughs> it's he's, a hard one. He's um, he's put in a difficult position. Where does he have a choice? Does he have a choice? Yes, this is the question. We don't know in the film. It's yeah. it's left very much open to interpretation. Like, are these things they're doing to him supernatural? Are, or is he just a dickhead? And we know he's a dickhead, but is he that much of a dickhead? Um, now, he this scene is, is very cultist, uh, stereotypically, I think, where there is literally loads of naked people around them watching them have sex. Um, yeah, I mean, that would put you off. It would put you off, yeah. I mean, it's unsettling. There's literally a moment where one of the naked onlookers goes up and starts like going go on mate give it a bit more welly and yeah. they like push him on the ass and say like give it a push bit more give it a bit more yeah, we'll stop doing that and maybe i will but it's an interesting concept because it's this idea that um this is all about community and it's obviously something that danny's character doesn't have at the start of this film which mm. is community uh, or any feeling of connection to anything other than christian and this community do everything together so they <laughs> they they feel the anguish when that guy is dying by making those noises together. Yeah. But they also 
get pregnant together yeah. in terms of if one of them gets pregnant is a community mm. thing they're all watching they're all complicit in this act it's the idea of community is everything to them yeah um, and they are not individuals they are the sum of something you know you know and that is what this scene is all about um it's, it's quite a positive spin on it's a positive spin on it on <laughs> something like this but that is the way they perceive it yeah and you're trying to come to grips with that um danny gets uh i would say pushed towards seeing this yeah uh it, they're like oh no don't go in that place where all the weird noises are coming from yeah and she's like no i want to go in there i'm all drugged up man uh not that's not what she says in fact i would say this is probably the last line of dialogue she has for the rest of the film and this is 25 minutes before the end um and she says what the fuck's going on in there or something like that or what's going i need to see what's going yeah, on yeah i think I, I need to see yeah i need to see i think that might be the last line she says she wanders into the barn she sees christian having sex with this woman it sends her into an, a, a spiral and she goes into the barn where they're staying and she cries and this cry is like once again animalistic the, i mean the noises that florence Pugh creates here are just in just something you can't really I just couldn't fathom. Like I could never make this sort of noise. I think Tony Collette did something similar in Hereditary, which I've already mentioned, and it's that parental. I don't want to spoil Hereditary, so I'm not going to mention what it is, but it's something to do with parental. It's just the noise mm. she makes. I just I can't get over it. And Florence Pugh does something very similar here. It's but oh, this time, yeah, she doesn't do it alone. No, because what do they do, Gareth? They mimic her. <laughs> They cry with her, mm. um, and it—it's—it's it's hard, to, like it's hard to uh, sort of compute that properly. It almost because it almost feels like they're just taking the piss. Do you know what I mean? It does feel like they're taking like, the piss, but for them, like I've seen this film four or five times now, and every time I take something different away from it, and I never will have that feeling that I had the first time that I watched the film, and I found it very. Um, disturbing very I had an altered perspective on it because I felt very altered when I watched it I felt very out of my comfort zone and then when I've watched it more analytically I see how clever this film is and it shows you these moments where they do the breathing together they do the anguish together throughout the film and then here at the end they're sharing her grief and it's once again giving her something make you're not alone you know, you've been alone in your grief for all this time. Christian's given you fuck all. Mm. We will share this grief for you yeah, um, and give you a sense of community that you just don't have, yeah, a sense of family. And that's the thing that I find so well done about this film. It, it does reward multiple watches for sure. Mm. So we cut to Christian finishing up. Um, Finny. And he finished. Finish, oh, now. finished. And then he's like, what the fuck has happened here? He is so disorientated. Yeah. He scrambles out of the barn. <laughs> yeah, he just runs out. And, naked. Th- and this is where the film has reached this sort of uh, dazed, confused horror that is just there. Mm-hmm. And you've built to this climax 
pardon the pun. Mm-hmm. And he literally, and just you are at a state of frenzy. You're like, what the fuck? This is, they're screaming because she's, you know, crying about Christian. He's running out of the barn naked. He stumbles into another barn where he sees the British guy skinned and with flowers poking out of his eyes. You see an arm through the flower bed where the tr- sacred tree is growing. Mm. You see, like, just these images, and you're like, what the fuck is going on? And then he's drugged. He's mm. just drugged, and he falls asleep. He wakes up, and he's paralysed. And they're at this final day of the ceremony, and Florence Pugh is sitting up there. Danny is sitting up there in this even bigger flower dress and flower crown. It, she is immovable. All you can see is her face. Yeah. No hair, just covered in flowers. And it is very weird she is mute she is like she is so full full of rage and i don't know just her performance with without saying a word here just her face which is very stoic is is unbelievable and the flower dress is too much though it's too much (laughs) it's too much i mean it looks cool but you're not moving around in it are you it's hilarious unless she's got like some wheels underneath it or something like that's mental but the thing here is that one of the elders explains that, okay, our festival's coming to a close and we've had a great one, everyone. Thanks for turning yeah, out. Cheers. Um, been a great time. Now, as you all know, we sacrifice four of our own uh, and we also sacrifice like five foreigners that we bring into the community yeah. to appease Standard. our gods or Standard. whatever. Um, and the decision to, to kill one more foreigner or one of our own uh, chosen at random, will fall to the May Queen. Now, the only foreigner left is Christian, who is sat there in a wheelchair, paralysed. It's actually very horrific. I, I hate the idea of this not being able to do anything or mm. say anything or move, obviously. Uh, and Danny's in the same state. She's also paralysed. Paralysed with rage. Paralysed with... Um, flowers. Flowers. Paralysed by Paral- Paralysed by the florists. Yeah. Um, and Danny gets to make the decision of whether to kill Christian... Yep. Um, or kill someone else from the community. Basically, she has the choice to save Christian, someone yep. that uh, she, she loved and um, wanted to <laughs> come to Sweden with and believed was helping her, but also, you know, deep down knew he was a dickhead. And um, then we just cut to... Uh, so she's she left to make a decision. We cut to what is the end sequence of the film, which is um, Christian being... and and. and if you're listening to this and you haven't seen the film, this, this already sounds all weird, but this sounds even weirder. Christian being um, fitted into the skin of a bear. Yeah. Um, and carted off. He's still paralysed. He's a giant teddy bear at this point, but a real bear. If you but get what an I mean. actual but bear. an actual bear, like a grizzly bear. They've killed the bear, skinned it, put the skin of the bear on him, and all you can see is his face yeah. in this bear head. It's all bloody around it's the edges. fucking terrifying. It's... He Then he's being carted off. Uh, to this sacred other barn filled with hay. Uh, and then, you know, he's not alone because he's he's luckily filled with the... And this these images are horrific and they make you feel a bit sick even thinking about it. But basically everyone that has been killed um, that we knew in the film have been skinned and their bodies filled with straw. Well, so yeah. it's straw bodies oh God, it's with their skin disgusting. over it. So there's a straw coming out of their eyes. And they're all being wheelbarrowed to the barn. They're all sat in the barn and they're all floppy, just filled with straw and skin. Um, and it's just horrible. And I don't... Yeah. Are, 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 are all of them straw people? I thought yeah, I, they're just, all straw people. 
Mark, Mark's straw person, Josh is straw person, the Brits okay. are straw people. Um, Christian is not straw person because no, he is bear man. Bare. <laughs> and uh, a couple of people uh, from the community also have to sacrifice themselves. That's the part of the ritual. They're in there just yeah. as regular people, just sitting in there. not straw people. All bear people. Well, they're not there. They're just, just Swedish people. Swedish people. Herger people. And um, they set the barn alight. And you have this, once again... <sighs> horrific scene of all these things burning up christian unable to move in his bear costume burning up the community members screaming with pain inside the barn burning up and then the whole community once again outside screaming Screaming. as you see florence Pugh um in the big flower dress that can't even move make the smallest crack of a smile Mm. as she sees this fire ablaze so and that's the end of the film. <laughs> she has opted to kill him. To, she's opted to, to kill, kill him. Christian, yeah. She's which opted is, to kill him. Yeah, like that's heavy. She's given in to this community at this point. I think I believe that she is part of this community at this point. But she's also very drugged up. There's a lot of interesting things about this film with her character. There's obviously, as I said, this is the cathartic release of this relationship in the most extreme way possible, mm-hmm. in a way that you would not even predict when you started watching this film. If, Ari Aster said this is a breakup movie. This is the ultimate breakup movie. Um, But she's very drugged up. She's also had a massive traumatic event happen to her. And throughout the events of this film, traumatic events she witnesses once again. And Mm -hmm. it must play a lot on her psyche and this idea that, you know, she's a vulnerable person when she's not recruited, is not the word I would use, but Pella sees a weakness in her that he can exploit and also utilise. Has she been driven to madness? Driven to madness is a way of possibly looking at it, but I think she is a strong character, so I don't want to say that she's mad or insane. I want to say that she's suffered a lot and she's found some semblance of community here, even though it's fucked up. They are helping her share a grief and enact revenge. It's interesting. It's an interesting film. Um, if you haven't seen it, like I said, please, and you've listened to this and you thought, what the fuck are they talking about? I mean, if, if we've you... not even gone through everything that happens in this film, I'd say we've covered the main beats, Yeah, but it's more, we, we can talk about it, but there's more that sense of just seeing it, um, and feeling, feeling it. it and, and, and yeah, and, and yeah, it's, that's, that's the real quiz. That's the real quiz. Um, but yeah, I mean, any final thoughts on this film, Gareth and, and, and Danny? Uh, just, um, you know, talking through it again, um, the, it's just got so many images that stick with you, doesn't it? For forever. And, you know, when we, when you talk about it, that those images just flash up in your mind Mm. and, um, it is a film that lingers long in the memory. Oh, it's a film that I'll never forget. Yeah. Especially for the, as I said, the the way it made me feel. Um, certain films obviously have that impact on you where you remember the first time you saw them and you remember how you felt when you saw them. Um, and it's very rare that you get those emotions anymore because we've seen everything. Like yeah. the first time I watched Jurassic Park, for example, as a kid, and I felt <laughs> yeah. that unbridled joy and horror at the same time. I've seen dinosaurs. It's amazing. I was about to say, or it's like, been a while since we've spoken about Jurassic Park. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like Star Wars, the first time I watched Star Wars. Or um, yeah. you see these things, they make you feel these amazing emotions. Avengers Infinity War did it actually for me with the end of that film and just something that I hadn't really seen Yeah, before. it is It is hard. It is hard to come across films that, that give you 
you something something new new and and even if you hate it 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 will probably give you a new form of hating something to be honest with you because yeah. it's so out there mm. um i i can't wait to see what ariaster does next well he's got a 4 hour <coughs> movie planned uh, that he calls a romantic comedy but the way he discusses things <laughs> he always does this about his films he says they're like this like he called this a breakup movie well a lot of people have described this as a as a comedy there are moments in it that speaking. are co- like, comedic yeah but they are ho- horrible comedy yeah. um, um, but yeah no I, I think I think Danny is a is a great character great character um, and her her journey sort of whilst you can't relate to it because we haven't experienced similar things you understand it, I think, and seeing the film from her perspective, oh. like what happens, kind of, kind of makes sense. Um, it does make sense. She makes the ultimate decision at the end, yeah. um, but you, you kind of sympathise with it in a way, and that's a testament to the film in a way that you sympathise <laughs> yeah. into. I mean, look, he, setting someone alight in a bear suit. Christian's a dick, but does he deserve to be burned in a bear suit? <laughs> it's interesting. Might be a bit harsh. Anyway, it, you have, you know, and I'm sure people who listen to this have seen the film, and they've all got their own interpretations of it um we've given our interpretations of what is a psychedelic trip uh, of madness um Indeed. but we've just finished our dandelion tea or mushroom tea we're a bit out of it and we're gonna go play squash so uh, <laughs> we, actually, <laughs> we yeah. actually are that sounded like it was psychedelic. we actually are gonna go play squash yeah. but um this has been a lot of fun talking about a film that i feel very passionately about i know gareth feels very passionately about yeah. and um if you haven't seen hereditary his first film ariaster's first film please do go watch it uh, much scarier than this in terms of jump scares in terms of um, horror horror real horror mm. uh, but this is horror in a more emotional and um sort of atmospheric atmospheric way. way and yep and that's it so this was the commission podcast once again thank you thank you chris chris meyer uh one of our lovely patreons um and you can be one of our lovely patreons too if you go to patreon.com forward slash fan critical you can see loads of tears on there um just any sort of support uh financially is amazing for us we really do appreciate every single dollar uh, that people give us to to just run this podcast monthly this isn't our job this is a, a, a sort of hobby of sorts and we love talking about films and um, then letting you guys hear it so if you if you could support us in any way shape or form patreon.com forward slash fan critical I would also love um, any reviews on iTunes that would be amazing um, please do let us know your honest thoughts uh, we try to cover films in the most honest way possible that we can um, so please do uh, leave a review as well um, and that's it for today we'll be back in the next few weeks we've got uh, some more commission podcasts coming up from some of our Patreons we also have a how the fuck have you not seen that with the usual suspects mm-hmm. and a worst of Netflix with octuplets or sex sex tuplets sounds terrible um so loads going on here um but thank you for listening thanks for tuning in thank you chris for the commission and uh we will see you guys soon stay out of the sunlight guys welcome no jurassic park (laughs) no more jurassic park comments in our podcast right okay uh thanks guys and uh see you later Bye. bye